Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So the grand jury may not be meeting regarding Alvin Bragg, the district attorney of New York, the possibility of an indictment. That grand jury has been suspended for the rest of the week. But Trump is dealing with legal issues in New York and D.C. Lawyers back in court today ordered to answer questions before a grand jury investigating the mishandling of classified documents. I, I, I wait to see what's going on with Joe Biden. Classified documents everywhere. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony. I got to open up the phones. Today is just a day for it. 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. This isn't the only story going on today. Earlier today, it was insanity around Deutsche Bank. What they, they their insurance is going up. Their this craziness about swaps. Now you've got people saying, "Everyone, calm down. Deutsche Bank is not Credit Suisse. The Germans are not doing what it is the Swiss did and screwing people over and allowing the sale to UBS." And you're like, "What?" I was discussing this earlier on my morning show, and I said, "This is this is bothering me. I'm now officially bothered. I'm." I, I I don't think, uh, you know, there's going to be a, a bank failures everywhere, and I'm not going to get my money, but this problem with Credit Suisse is real. This look at Deutsche Bank didn't look good, and I had a couple people say to me, no, no, no. It's very, very different what has happened with this bank out of Germany versus what happened with with the Swiss. And certainly one of the things that you're seeing with Deutsche Bank is that people are so bothered by how Credit Suisse was bailed out by the Swiss National Bank and then got purchased by UBS for for a song. That kind of dealing has people thinking that laws were broken, international laws were broken. They're infuriated. The Germans have already said, the German government has already said, we are not going to do that. We're not going to do that to our people. But systematically... Or systemically, I should say. There's nothing wrong with Deutsche Bank. Well, here we are a couple hours later, where the Dow was down well over 300 in the pre-trading. It's now down 36. So this was a situation where people said, wait a second, what's happening? And there was, at the first level, a complete and total panic... But when the cooler heads got in there, everyone was like, Remain calm. All is well. But I don't think you are now convincing people that banking is good, meaning that all is well. I'm one of those people. I was fine, and now I'm just, I'm waiting for it to drop. Have I gone about moving my money in my own banks? No, no, I, no, I haven't. It's not that I bank in some, with some kind of, you know, foreign entity. You know, in terms of in terms of strange or peculiar. No, no, they're they're, they're regular uh, banks. One of them is an internet bank, um, and 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 the other is 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 a name you see everywhere. Um, I'm not concerned in that way. I'm really and truly not. 
But when the Fed decided to raise rates a quarter point, I believe they did so because they were very worried that if they raised the half point, they were probably considering right now to be maybe one of their last pushes on inflation, possible last pushes to tamp down inflation. They were worried about what it would do to banks that were heavily invested in bonds and the bond value goes down as the interest rates go up, which is how uh, Silicon Valley Bank, partially how they got into this place. The other part was horrible, horrible management, total mismanagement and no caring about risk, but serious caring about making sure they had a good pride month. I mean, this is what they cared about. This is what mattered more to them. Well, the move on the quarter point um, bothers me. The move on the quarter point really and truly bothers me. It says uh, to me that you're more worried about the banks having an issue than you are tamping down inflation. That means the banks have an issue. I can be told I am wrong. I am all ears for someone to tell me that I am wrong. I'm telling you where I'm at. I'm very happy that this Deutsche Bank thing, at least from what we're seeing and certainly what I ha- I have been told, isn't uh, a-, a serious issue. It got fixed. It got corrected. Everything's fine there. The bank is in much better shape than, than Credit Suisse ever was. As for Donald Trump and his possible indictment, well, I'm still 50-50. I have no idea. Nothing's changed. We haven't heard anything else. You've got total disarray in the DA's office because you have people who, I don't know, do this for a living saying, dear Lord, don't indict the man. You don't have the law on your side. You sounds crazy. You may be somebody who hates Trump, but if you want to go along with the the Manhattan District Attorney and claim that, uh, and, and make the claim that something that is clearly a misdemeanor about payments and categorization of the payments, that that can be seen as a felony if you squint and tilt your head and, and try really hard to see it as a felony, you've got lifelong uh, assistant DAs who are like, no, that's not the way it works. We don't want to be a part of this. The question before us has always been, does Alvin Bragg have it in him, the district attorney of Manhattan, to say to the progressive rank and file, no. Will he listen more to the leadership who is clearly saying, man, we don't want none of this. And the answer is, I don't believe he is. But that's different than whether or not he's strong enough to go against his entire office. So I am still in the place. If you ask me, does Trump get indicted? I'm in the place of 50-50. 5050. I don't know what's going to happen. I admit it. I have absolutely no clue what's going to happen and whether or not he's going to get indicted. But the Trump story, that's a story people are going to be watching all weekend. Where What's going on with banks? People are going to be concerned with what's going to happen on Monday. 
And for every other every for anybody not paying attention, I should say to those two stories, just remember you have Joe Biden comparing us to Canada. Too long between meetings. I think 2016 I was here. And uh, you know, uh, one great thing, and I tell other world leaders I meet with when they ask about the geopolitical circumstances, well, I said, we're lucky. We have Canada to our north. Share these values. All the values are the same. We disagree in degree on things occasionally, but there's no fundamental difference in the democratic values we share. And it really makes a big difference. And so it's an honor to be here. We have a lot to talk about. And uh, I, uh, I think we're going to think we get a lot done today. There are no democratic values that you and Justin Trudeau don't share. You both don't believe in the rights of the people to keep and bear arms. You both believe that your political enemies should be subjected to any treatment that you choose. Like, for example, uh, you you have uh, Trudeau uh, freezing out the, the 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 bankers. No, not the bankers, the truckers. Sorry. You have. Um, these truckers who are saying, hey, we don't want to take this uh, uh, vaccine. Hey, we want to stand up for our rights. And you quite literally try and lock them out of their bank accounts. You hate the Second Amendment. Justin Trudeau hates the Second Amendment. Want, Well, at least guns. Wants to eliminate any ability for a Canadian to have that opportunity. So we're, we're, we're lucky, according to, to Joe Biden. That's, that is precious. We're lucky. Goodness gracious. But, you know, when you're Joe Biden, you can get away with saying just about anything. And he does. Joe Biden can say just about anything. And no one even asks if he's trying to make sense. Because the odds are more than likely that he's not. That he's not even aware of what it is that he's saying. It happens all the time when you're Joe Biden. Oh, you, you don't believe me? Okay. Harris-Biden administration. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Got hairy legs that turn that 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 turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the, go. You know the you know the thing. Say it ain't so, Joe. I promised you. I would do what I can to bring you the insanity that is Joe each and every week. Each and every week, I would try and bring you just a little bit more of how ridiculous Joe Biden is. And, well, I I won't let you down this week. Not for a a second. Um, Of course, there was this absolute just gem. That does a lower prescription drug cost. Drug companies that raise prices faster than inflation... Now, that's all right. We like babies. You don't have to worry about it. So, 
It's okay. It's all right. In fact, I like babies better than people. Tell me you don't love it. You could almost say, like, all right, that's kind of cute. I like babies better than I, than I like people. Sure, sure. Cutesy. Cutesy. Okay. How about not cutesy? This is a time for celebrating extraordinary women who have made their mark in history, strengthen our nation. And like Jill, the first lady, the first full-time lady, the first lady who works full-time, <laughs> in addition to being the first lady, as a professor. Yeah. No, no. He sounds... He sounds just fine. It's all just absolutely positively terrific. I would love to tell you that that's it. I would love to tell you that that's all. Nothing more, nothing less, but when it's Joe Biden. Oh, I'm sorry. I th- I don't know what happened to the sound on that one. He's giving out these these medals, uh, and he says, you know, to any of the women who I'm giving a medal to, please don't get angry with me if I mess up your hair. You know, because nothing says Joe Biden like his 80-year-old sexism. And then, of course, we've got uh, this gem. You know, I literally, as my sister would say, I wrote the Vosmo Act with my own paw. No, I don't know what he said either. I don't, I don't know what he's saying. You know, I literally, as my sister would say, I wrote the Vosmo Simulant Act with my own paw. I think he's talking about the Violence uh, Against Women Act. I think that's what he's saying. But who knows? It's just another day. Another day of a guy being mostly incoherent and everybody in America saying, eh, will Trump get indicted? Trump's not my issue and Trump ain't your issue. The guy who cannot make a sentence, that's your issue. Cute line about babies notwithstanding. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. So is China arming Russia? As you're hearing John Kirby, um, National Security, discuss the meeting between President Xi and Vladimir Putin, saying, see, this is because of Joe Biden's leadership that this happened. It's a weird, weird flex. I spoke with Major Mike Lyons, retired United States Army, about... uh, China, are they really looking to arm Russia? I'll bring that story to you. And when you see uh, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, kind of backtracking on his comments about the Russian invasion of Ukraine being a territorial dispute, is 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 this a smart move? Uh, the the major has a very interesting take. That story is coming up in just a little bit. I think um, more pressing right now is that uh, according to the TSA, the Transportation Safety Authority, peanut butter is a liquid. 
OMG. Are you kidding me right now? I am. I, I am not. According to the Transportation Safety Administration, or Security Administration, peanut butter for the conversation of travel and whether or not it's allowed through security, it is a liquid and not allowed through security. F these people. I don't know if that is necessary. Peanut butter needs to be under the 3.4 fluid ounce limit in carry-on bags. Um, doesn't it matter what the peanut butter is? Like, would it matter if it's creamy or would it matter if it's crunchy? Or would it matter if it was all natural? What, is it, are we talking about the separation that occurs with the oil on top? What if it's like Jif? That... That's clearly some level of solid, but certainly not a liquid. If a train left New York at 300 miles per hour, an accelerated speed 15 miles per hour, and traveled a distance of 683 miles, tell me, sir, what time would that train reach Chicago? That it is. That it is. It's a, it's a trick question. This guy named Patrick Neve, or Nev, Nevy? N-E-V-E. I tried to take peanut butter through airport security. TSA, sorry, no liquids, gels, or aerosols. Or aerosols. Me, I want you to tell me which of those things you think peanut butter is. Peanut butter is more of like an oobleck. It's a solid, it's a liquid, it all depends on its state. It all depends I, maybe on, on how you view it, I should say, not its state. But that's only one of the things worth knowing today. Here's the other. I'm chock full of news today. Chick-fil-A is getting rid of a menu item. Oh, God! Hold on. Hold on. We didn't even say what menu item it is yet. Everyone settle down. They're getting rid of a fan favorite. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. Not necessarily, uh, you know, a hot take. Uh, they have issued a fond farewell that will take place on April 3rd. I hate Illinois Nazis. For the ever popular side salad. They're getting rid of the side salad. Like anyone cares. It's a salad, people. There's lettuce, there's cheese, there's some tomatoes. And you know what it's not? Waffle fries. You get rid of waffle fries, well then, we're going to have ourselves a fight. It's going to get rough and tumble. We're going to need to have some theme songs. You get rid of a side salad, no one cares. Mainly because it's already on the side. So um, uh, if if, uh, if you want it, uh, you have, I believe, until April 3rd to get your side salad with your fried chicken and your waffle fries and probably your ice dream, whatever that dessert thing is. Sarah, who runs uh, my digital side, she cares about the side salad. Well, Sarah, you're a terrible person. And you are statistically insignificant. 
we only care about waffle fries. Or if they had tots, then we would care. Major Mike Lyons is up next. There really is only one question when we're talking about President Xi, Xi Jinping, of China, meeting with Vladimir Putin of Russia. Is China arming Russia? I mean, that is the question. Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin, two guys who, of course, you want to share a bourbon with. And the only question is exactly what's the purpose of this? Is this about China providing lethal arms to Russia so they can go about continuing the invasion of Ukraine, which isn't working out as well for them as they would like, but they're willing to throw a tremendous amount of bodies at the subject. Was this about China now grabbing a foothold in Russia to ensure that that vassal state that we've been talking about actually comes to be and China gets access to, I don't know, rare earth minerals and other things that Russia has, including a tremendous amount of oil. One of the few things that I agreed with Senator John McCain on is that Russia is a gas station masquerading as a country. And what of Russia's other moves, like in Norway? Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today, good to be with you. Let me bring in Major Mike Lyons right here, retired United States Army West Point graduate. And, and sir, you're my go-to guy uh, for these things and for these conversations. You took a look at this meeting. You saw what was happening. Is China in a place where they feel completely emboldened and they could say, you know what, we're going to arm Russia. We're going to provide them with tools that they need to, in their view, finish the job in Ukraine and make Ukraine part of Russia. So, Tony, I think they are completely emboldened, but I don't think it's about that. I don't think it's about, uh, you know, giving them more arms. I think uh, deep down they want Russia somewhat of a lesser military power than they are right now as well. well they share that same interest as as the West does. And I, you know, they need Russia's fuel, they need their energy, they need their gas, to your point before, I, I just don't think that um, they send much, they send maybe some non lethal aid. And if they do send anything, it's artillery rounds, that's really what Russia needs right now. But I don't see any Chinese weapons or any kind of other systems that are going to be sent there too far to get there, the world will know, China right now is trying to be the peacemaker in this thing. If you saw their proposal that they want to uh, go forward with for a ceasefire. It's it's completely unsat from our perspective. It basically divides Ukraine like Berlin was divided at the end of the Second World War. But China right now wants to be the peace negotiator, and that I think that's how they're positioning themselves. Wants to be the peace negotiator, or wants to be perceived as a peace negotiator because they want to further solidify their place at the table so they can then further solidify their objectives, whether it be Belt and Road, China 2025, or whatever else. Yeah, no, all of that. Belt and Road is part of it, that uh, they want to gain more influence uh, in the West. We all we know their influence is already there in, in Africa. Um, they, they reach into South America. You know, you, we can argue that violates Monroe Doctrine on some level. It's, you should be paying more attention to that. Uh, but China is always playing the long game here. And I, I think they've almost somewhat moved past Russia. I think they think Russia will somewhat implode over this. They know they, they can't win. They're not going to vanquish Ukraine based on what the situation is on the ground right now. So I, I don't see 
them doing anything to hurt their own standing in the world, which is that peacemaker status, which is they want to be. What they're what you, what you think that they're going to be giving uh, specifically are artillery. Um, right. If you see a bullet ch- uh, change hands, and 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 you see uh, the Chinese say, "Here you go. Here here here's a pallet. Here's multiple pallet. Here's uh, I don't know how many rounds we're, we're talking about here. Or what what we mean by our, our artillery uh, and and Toto, right? Right. I'm I'm yeah. using the term bullets, but of course we're talking about other things. Um, what is that world's response? Because clearly the response is not one from the United States alone. Well, I think it's going to be subversive. What I mean by that is having walked on a battlefield and overcome enemy positions in the Middle East, I saw rounds that were made in all different kinds of countries that were pointed, supposedly pointed back at us that you kind of shake your head at. Said, how, did they, how did this enemy get a hold of these rounds? So I think... I don't think they'll be caught, let's say, put it that way. They're, they're not going to be in that position. Uh, it's possible, in fact, that some, some rounds have been launched already that, uh, that might have found their way from, from a Chinese factory someplace. Although, again, you know, the, the fact is that Russia just has so much military equipment, and they're starting to bring things from the other side of the Ural Mountains that uh, they used to keep there when we used to have these, um, these arms treaties with them. Um, they would take them off the battlefield, so to speak, and... and and take them behind the Ural Mountains. Well, we're seeing T-55s, T-60s, other tanks, T-64s, other tanks now that, that are heading towards that battlefield. So Russia still has a significant amount of munitions to go before China really has to provide them something. But again, if it's anything, it's going to be artillery rounds. So how much of this is what you would consider a uh, tactical move from China in an actual fulfillment Right. You're saying it might be a ways to go because Russia still has uh, plenty that they're working with, although we constantly hear those 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 varying reports. And how much of this is the uh, psychological play? Now, China's something else that we have to worry about. And what what would you argue is a rational response from the United States, if any? Yeah, no, it's the psychological play. It's a great point. And a lot of it has to do with messaging. Because now uh, it, the message is China is on the side of, of Russia. And, uh, and as the, the world is becoming back to the future with regard to East versus West, and now it's you know, far, far East, frankly, um, I, th- I think that um, Russia now is well aligned with, uh, with China. You have uh, India also is in that same camp, North Korea, Iran. And I think the world is getting to that place just, just a lot faster. So I think part of that messaging, that psychological Issue, issue is the fact that um, Russia now is aligned with China. You know, you, you go back to the previous administration, if there's one thing Donald Trump did not want to have happen was exactly this, have, have the Chinese and the Russians kind of get together. If we had kept the Russians at, you know, somewhat of an arm's length and we, you know, there's nothing wrong with having three large nuclear powers, uh, you know, kind of standing off with each other. But now th- those days are over. It's clearly Russia, China versus the United States and the West. Talking to Major Mike Lyons right here, retired United States Army. This is one of the questions uh, that, that I uh, received. Uh, the people are, are, are not convinced uh, that China fears us knowing Biden is, is weak. Is this a real concern for the United States, uh, for the U.S. military, watching China engage? I mean, it, it, this is a pretty bold step, whether they give the, the, the right. artillery, as you're describing it, or not. It's a very yeah. bold step. Is the military worried that Biden is the reason that a lot of these things are happening? 
Well, if the military's worried, they're not going to say. But but clearly, you look at history, and it shows that Joe Biden does not have this personal deterrence that other presidents had, like Ronald Reagan had, uh, and, and in most cases, like Donald Trump had. And and on the flip of that, you saw Barack Obama talk about a red line in Syria, and then that was crossed, and he never did anything about it. So, right, um, it, it does it does depend on the personality. And right now, you just have a president that's just all over the place when it comes to, you know, what he thinks um, and where this is going. Obviously, this you know he he's his support of Ukraine seems to be more based on what what Congress wants to do. I don't think he's he doesn't have the same kind of vision that we remember from Ronald Reagan about the Soviet Union being an evil empire and, and, and the like. I don't think that he has that same deterrence. And plus, here's a president that says in the past, China's not the bad guy. That's their, you know, they're, they're the ones he's done business with them in, in a lot of different ways. So he looks at it maybe as that kind of economic tie. If we all if we're all tied together economically, we won't go to war with each other. But if there's one thing to fight in Ukraine, it's proved that just that, that's not the case. That, that did not deter Russia from attacking Ukraine. When we talk about Russia and um, we keep hearing that Ukraine is fighting the good fight uh, there and, and keeping them at bay, they've been able to take back land. We hear this back and we hear this back and forth and we hear about uh, the Russian army isn't what we thought uh, that it was, and, and and I truly believe that the Russian army is not what we thought that it was, but it certainly seems like they've got a lot of people they can throw at a problem. Let me let me share this with you. This was NBC News saying that they received these videos uh, about Russian subs stepping up patrols and stepping up movements in these areas where they have uh, undersea pipelines, where you've got... Uh, these this oil and natural gas that's going to Europe, telecommunications uh, that connects Europe to the United States, and they're seeing Russian movement. So if if I, a layman, was engaging this conversation, Major, this is Russia moving on two fronts, or at least trying to create some noise on another front while I'm being told that they don't have the capacity to handle things in Ukraine. What it says to yeah. me is Russia does have the capacity to handle things in Ukraine, and they're trying to make sure everybody knows that they're big and tough. Are they, and how concerned should the Norwegians and the rest of the, of the world be? Well, again, we're seeing back to the future Cold War tactics by looking uh, into things that they, they're testing our responses, they're testing our, you know, our reactions and response times. We saw them, um, you know, nick that drone we saw on the Black Sea, dumb move by a Russian pilot that could have taken his own plane down as well. But when I saw that, uh, I think, again, everything is about messaging and it's about trying to show competence and at least some part of their military. So they project it, they can't ever sustain it. We see this with um, their strategic bombing runs. They, they start, they, they decide to launch um, 84, 85 uh, targets we saw a couple of weeks ago. Uh, still, still much less than what the United States would ever fire. The United States would be firing 2,500 sorties a, a day at this. I mean, if, if we were in a conflict, there's no no question about that. Now, not a year after, a year after here, we, we'd have we'd like to think we'd have some resolution by now. So, no, I, I don't think that's it. I think this is just Russia being Russia and knowing where they could go at something appear that to try to look strong. Um, but but uh, you know, Russian submarines are going to have no impact on this fight. Talking to Major Mike Lyons, retired United States Army. Let's talk about appearances. Um, mm -hmm. 
a lot of presidential candidates, potential candidates, have been answering questions uh, for Tucker Carlson at, at Fox yeah. News, this questionnaire about Ukraine. And when yeah. Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, answered uh, the, the questions, he referred to the Russian invasion as a territorial dispute. Uh, yeah. Just, I don't know if it was today or, or, or yesterday, uh, coming mm-hmm. out to say that Vladimir Putin is a war criminal. Um, mm-hmm. uh, is, is, is this, uh, in, in your view, a bit of backtrack? Is he trying to reposition because maybe calling it a territorial dispute laid a, a question to Americans about whether or not he's fully prepared and engaged to handle these kinds of conflicts? Did he, yeah. as I, I think his team wants to describe, not give an answer that was full and complete? Uh, when, when you saw DeSantis's, Governor DeSantis's statement, what did you think and what do you think now? Yeah, I, frankly, I liked his first statement. I wouldn't have changed it. Um, frankly, it is a regional conflict. That's exactly what's happening there. It's a regional conflict. It's a border conflict between uh, two states that, that exist, that, that share the same border. That, it, it does come down to that. So, you know, and he did say that it's important for the United States to remain focused on U.S. interests. And I think that's true as well. I think um, you know, if we're trying to get to this question as to whether we're going to continue to support them, obviously there's us, the NATO countries, and in the West, there's still an appetite to do that. And the United States leads with with regard to training and equipment and, and everything that we can get there as fast as possible. So now the second piece, though, when he added the the war criminal, I I think that becomes now more of an aggressive tactic that just it was unnecessary. It didn't have to be said. It's clear that um, that Vladimir Putin and and the Russian military have committed war crimes there. Um, but that's going to be settled once this is over, and that's how war, that's how wars work. You know, they don't, they, you know, the 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 winners end up prosecuting and end up, you know, determining what the war crimes are. So I, I think that um, it was just unnecessary for him to do that. Maybe he did it for some kind of a voting base. Maybe he did it for politics. But Ron DeSantis seems to be pretty smart, and I think his first response was just fine. But you you didn't have issue with uh, him referring to it as a territorial dispute. No, I've said that all, all along. It's, it is right now. It is a territorial dispute. It doesn't involve NATO. It's, it involves two border countries. It is a territorial dispute. I, I don't necessarily project it as, 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 uh, as something that, that, that takes it all, all the way through, through Western Europe at this point. It is because if it, anything, if it wasn't, then we'd have European nations in there fighting with the side of Ukraine. But, so, it, it, so but that, to, to many people, takes away from the idea that it's an invasion is your argument it's different or that it can be both at the same time? Oh, it could be both. I mean, first of all, Russia's been in Ukraine since 2014. Uh, that, this started back then. Uh, they, they own Crimea. They have the, most of the Donbass region. I'm, I'm confused as to why they decided to invade because they had 20 to 30 percent of the politicians already that were in the Ukraine parliament that were already aligned with Russia. So they kind of tried to control the country before this has even happened. Now that's all out the window, obviously, as, as uh, they use a military solution. That wasn't good enough for Vladimir Putin. But no, it's, it's, it's clearly a regional conflict and, and it needs to stay a regional conflict. And, and right now, again, it's, a, it's a, come down to a war of attrition. Neither side will vanquish the other. And um, if, if for Ukraine to win, it's likely they're going to have to recreate a new border if, that, if that's going to be the case. They refuse to do that right now. Uh, Russia refuses to to stop uh, fighting because 
they don't have to. The wars were won on the battlefield, and right now that they don't threaten Crimea, they don't they don't do things that they could do. So the war rages on. Major Mike Lyons, retired United States Army. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Taking now your Nashville notes. Where should I have barbecue in Nashville? 30 hours. I will be in Nashville for 30 hours this weekend. The question is, where am I getting my A brisket or B beef ribs? That's right. Don't, don't Look, I'm, if you tell me about the baby backs, if you tell me about the pulled pork, I'll go. I'll do it. I'll do it for the cause. Don't tell my rabbi. I'm just saying that if you ask, brisket and beef ribs, and seriously, on the beef ribs, I there needs to be more where, where I live, where I'm at. In central Indiana, there needs to be more beef ribs. There really, truly do. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Uh, there's a place in, in Broad Ripple, which is Indianapolis, uh, Half Leader. Half Leader does beef ribs, and they do a pretty good job. Uh, I think I can't think off the top of my head of another place near me that does beef ribs. Love them so much. But I, I've got I've got 30 hours. I will have smoked between the trip there, the trip back, and being there somewhere. 30 hours, so a cigar every two hours. So, yeah, it's going to, well, I'm not going to, I'm going to sleep, so it's not going to be that many. But you get the point. It's going to be a good trip. Uh, give me your barbecue places. Give me your brisket and beef rib places in Nashville. Tony at TonyCats.com. Twitter at TonyCats. Instagram TonyCats. Uh, that's it. Or you can uh, you can tweet uh, uh, my eat, my show, Eat, Drink, Smoke, my cigar and bourbon show, uh, at Go Eat, Drink, Smoke on Twitter. Do that. I need to know. I need to know immediately. Look, I know things about things, but I don't know everything about all the places. Not an expert on Nashville. I'm talking about Nashville, Tennessee, not Nashville, Indiana. People, I'm going. So, Let me know immediately. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today.